0: You're listening to another AmbitiousEntrepreneurNetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now
1: onto the show. Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast, the podcast for ambitious women
0: who are serious about business success and leadership development, keen to increase their knowledge and skills. Welcome to episode eight of Business Women Australia podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says that Google doesn't pay your bills. Your customer does. Always put your customers first. As a business owner, I wonder, are you putting your customers first when it comes to your website? Joining me on today's show is Kathy Smith. She is the owner of Catco Enterprises and has been for the last 16 years, and she's an experienced web and graphic designer, and she knows how crucial it is to get your business in front of the right people, and these people can then become your customers. One of the lessons that Kathy has learned through her professional career is that businesses need to build strong relationships with their clients. We all want to feel valued, don't we? We all want to feel respected and have the opportunity to buy, not just to be sold to. Now on today's show, Cathy's going to share why a wonderfully designed website may not be the best idea for your business how to create a website for your business that allows customers to buy from you, not just be sold to, as well as how to get found on Google with tips that you can do yourself and so much more. Welcome to the show, Cathy. Thank you very much. This is something that I know many business owners struggle with, you know, with all of the different tools, techniques, and noise that is being added constantly to the online world. It's getting increasingly difficult to know what to do and how to do it well so that we really do stand out from everyone else that is in our industry. So let's talk about our websites. When I find that I'm speaking to businesses, there's either two two categories. One, they spend a lot of time and energy on their website or they're not spending much time at all. So tell us, why does a wonderfully designed website, why may that not be the best idea for our business?
1: There's a few different components of websites and having a beautiful website is just one of them. Mm -hmm. So if you have an absolutely fantastic looking website that takes forever to load, nobody's going to hang around and wait for all those gadgets, the videos, the beautiful photos that are too big. To load yes. so what you need to do is make sure that it's simple crisp and clean and then add those extra terrific things onto other pages except for your home page because of course people aren't going to hang around and wait especially on mobile mobile people are only going to be there for maybe two three seconds if it takes longer than that to load They won't wait they'll Mm. go somewhere
0: And two to three seconds may seem like a certain amount of time but if we really do um, go to our website and check it's not a long at all isn't it and we're getting even quicker and quicker when it comes to our attention if something doesn't happen immediately we're gone aren't we
1: absolutely and with the the millennials coming along and having access to the smartphones forever, not just um, some of the other people that have got used to them, they want quick and they want it now. Yes. And if it takes too long to load, they'll just bounce back out and do another search. Mm.
0: What are some other things? I mean, obviously, we don't want all of the bells and whistles on the front page, because if we do take too long, we're going to be uh, we're going to lose the, the attention of that uh, visitor. What are some other things that you see people are doing typically on their website that, no, no, we really shouldn't be doing that anymore?
1: they're talking far too much about themselves, booming up how fantastic their business is and everything about them, not what they can offer the customer. So on the homepage, we don't want to know about your corporate plan, your missions and all of that. Mm. People want to know if I put in a search looking for a local plumber, have I come to a local plumber? Is that somewhere I can find a number, ring right now because I've got burst pipes everywhere, I don't want to be wading right through everything trying to find a phone number because I've got water running right through my house
0: yes so that really does going to determine or it's really going to determine who our ideal client And the in the example that you shared someone needs a plumber immediately whereas if someone is maybe a leadership consultant or some service-based provider maybe the potential client is going to take a little bit more time into research and see what information that uh, they need to have answered before they even then pick up the phone or email us. So it's going to depend on what sort of business you're in, what sort of product or services that you offer. Do you find that?
1: Absolutely. But you still need to be answering the customer's problem. Yeah. So if you're in the example you used of a service provider, if they come to your website and they can't actually work out what you do Mm. or whether you're going to solve their problem, they're still probably going to bounce, even though they, when they get to where they want to go, the website that is answering their problems, they'll take time and look through yeah. that initial three seconds is, am I at the right place? Do mm. I continue to read through this information or have I come to the wrong um, search result? So I'll bounce back and have another look somewhere else. Yeah. So you were talking
0: about, you know, obviously not talking about ourselves, not talking or not having all of the fancy bells and whistles that just take too long as far as time loading. Do you also find then that some of the reasons why we're not having that information right there, where are you providing value and are you answering the problems that your ideal client is struggling with? Is that because we haven't spent too much time in really understanding who our ideal clients are and what they're going to be searching for? Or are there other reasons typically that uh, this information's not being the, the information we're sharing?
1: Some of it is that we haven't really thought about what our clients are. Um, we're a fairly old business, so we've been thinking the same thing year after year mm. and we haven't taken the time to revise our website or look at the marketing um, information we're putting out there. And the other reason is that... Um, It could be just a case of it just needs a a brand new look at the information you're giving. So making sure that as the the client base maybe shifts, you're moving um, to help those people and solve that problem. And if your business is evolving, then what you have on your website five years ago, three years ago, two years ago, six months ago, may not be as relevant as it could be today
0: yeah and to give us a bit of an indication we really need to look out for some of those indicators that hang on a minute we need to go back and refresh our information changes in the industry maybe even a bit of a downturn in the industry means that we really need to refresh and get really honed in on where we can support clients and what they're struggling with are there any other factors that you would say to your clients look if you haven't updated your website because of this this and this you really do need to go and spend time to get the information up to date and current
1: yes absolutely because what you'll find is the market will change so you might have a a new player come in and they've got a brand new website everything's really flash they're putting in a lot of money to it mm. so that keyword that you used to rank for really well so that the search word that you were putting in you might have been at the top but because you haven't been near your website for a while and other people have then you're slipping down So you need to be constantly checking your website. If you're not personally, then you need to um, get a designer or somebody um, to do that for you to make sure that you are answering those um, questions. It may be a case of the roads near your area have changed. So you've given a map on how to get to your premises and that road's no longer there or it's now one way or it's more difficult so there's a better way to go. So all of those kind of things, because we're really trying to get that user experience and the best we can for them.
0: Mm. And the fact that you are an experienced web and graphic designer, you've got kind of the functionality expertise as well as the aesthetics, you know, the graphic design, making it look really good. Are there, there are some other things that you see typically uh, you know, businesses doing as far as their website is concerned that was really old fashioned, it's no longer applicable, and it really is detracting and turning away? our ideal clients?
1: Absolutely. Not only our ideal clients, but Google, because we need to be able to play what I call the Google game, Mm -hmm. because if we're we're not servicing Google, then they won't put us up high on the search, and therefore your ideal clients can't find you. So something that was very, very common about two or three years ago was called keyword stuffing, Mm -hmm. where you put as many keywords as you possibly can on the page, and you even put them in a color that you can't read them. So if your background's white, you put them in white. Uh And that is a huge, huge no-no. You mustn't do that because Google will penalize you. Uh But unfortunately, I still see it today. It is still coming up on older websites, and it is one of the hardest things to rectify after you've had a, a Google penalty for what they call black hat SEO, which is things like that so that people can't see it immediately. So Google says you've got something to hide. So you really need to make sure that you are doing the right thing, providing a good experience for your customers, and playing the Google game.
0: Yeah, all of these things that we need to uh, to be mindful of. Let's talk a little bit about the things that we do need to start doing. I know you've already spoken, uh, you know, touched on them in, in your responses to what we're not doing correctly, but let's dive a little bit deeper into creating a website for our business that allows our customer to buy. So creating experience where our customer is ringing us to say, I want that product, or how do I work with you? And not just feeling that they're being sold to. What do we need to be mindful of?
1: Okay. So if you've got an existing website, a really good way of breaking down that barrier between you and your customer and building that know, like and trust is video. Uh So if you've got an opportunity to do a video, now videos don't cost a lot these days. You can do them on your iPhones. You can do them as a um, Facebook live and then put it on your website that way. But if you can start answering common questions that you get asked all the time about your products on video, then people are going to get that idea of they know you, they like you, they trust you. Mm -hmm. So therefore they're more likely to buy from you. So you probably don't want to put that kind of information on your homepage as we spoke about before about loading quickly, but you can certainly put it on a products page. So if you're say, a swimming pool um, manufacturer, and you've got a page all about your swimming pools and the features. And if you talk on that page on your video, or even a podcast or audio, not quite as good as video, but it's still that connection. And Mm -hmm. that's what a lot of people are craving these days, is that actual connection to know that there's somebody behind that website And you are a real person.
0: Do you say with with videos, because I know that many people, our ideal clients as well, we can be a bit time poor. So is there a specific time frame that we're looking at? Look, don't have your video if you're answering a question longer than this amount of time. You just want to get really valuable, get straight into the, the solution and don't, you know, kind of drone on and on and on. Is there a relative
1: time frame? Yes, Snappy is good and that's why things like Instagram and Snapchat are doing very well Mm. because they've got really, really short. They're only 10 and 15 seconds. But if you're putting it on your own website, I'd say a maximum of two minutes, Mm -hmm. 30 seconds to a minute, just get right to the point, ask the question, answer the question and leave it at that. If it's something that's a bit more um, detailed, you could maybe have an introduction video to basically answer the question and then have a second video and say if you want more details we're going to explain it longer in another one and then that gives them an option to if they're interested to go on and and hear something that's a bit longer and a bit more detailed.
0: Yeah fantastic good uh, good response. So when we're looking then at creating a website for our business that really allows our customers to feel that we're creating an experience that we're guiding them in the, the purchase process cycle so to speak and not just being sold to videos really good are there any
1: other things we need to consider clear pictures of your your products so um, you touched on the buying cycle so generally when people are buying they need to have between five and seven touch points before they're actually going to make a purchase Mm. so they might have heard you from a referral they might have seen some signage a facebook ad your website something like that So by the time they get to the website, they've already made up their mind. So what they want to do is make sure that your product is going to solve their need, their problem. So if you've got really clear, crisp imagery, um, your photos, um, if it's a technical problem, um, maybe some technical specs. Um, If you were, say, buying an appliance, then you want to know the power ratings and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. remember, emotion sells. So if you've got a really good testimonial from somebody who's bought that particular kettle and it was just absolutely fantastic um, and they've given you a testimonial, then that's definitely going to help the um, people in their choice on their buying cycle
0: yeah and you mentioned instagram i mean instagram if we've got some pictures that we're sharing across to instagram and and you know they're they're really showcasing our product in a way that it's being used that kind of thing it all helps doesn't it because it continues to share that story and build that kind of desire almost in in our ideal client that hey i want that Uh, I know as women, for me particularly, if I see a product and it's beautifully laid out in this, you know, picture that just stands out, it almost inspires me to want to go out and get that, you know, and and images can do that, can't they?
1: Absolutely, because our brains process images 60,000 times quicker than we do words. Hmm. So we immediately see it and make a decision. And Instagram is perfect because it sells that emotion. So uh, the catchphrase now is Instagram worthy so if it's a beautifully laid out photo it's selling that emotion it's giving you hey, that could be in my place that would solve my problem and it builds on that buyer's journey again the different touch points so they they see you in a few different lights a few different areas mm. and then also if there if their friends have liked it and then that's almost a recommendation. Hey, look at this. It's absolutely gorgeous. You really do need to buy it. Yeah,
0: I know um, that many people, because of the fact that they have an iPhone and a lot of technologies at their fingertips, they we can tend to think, oh, well, I'll do it myself. But there's nothing better than to invest in a photographer to take really high quality images that have been styled well, that really do communicate, you know, your product in the best possible way, rather than just taking a happy snap from your iPhone. Let's talk a little bit about this. We should really invest in our shouldn't we
1: certainly and your own images not just stock images Mm. Um, because it's very easy to see a stock image of a free site um, because they're everywhere so if you, you google the name of the stock image that you purchased or obtained off a free site You'll see them absolutely everywhere. So with iPhones now, you can do really nice photos yourself as well. So for your website, I would say get the products done as professional. But unfortunately, that's going to add up for cost. So when you're trying to have your images and your message out there all the time, I'd use a combination of both. Mm. I'd use some professional ones and I'd also use some that your team has done or yourself. But just remember about the composure. Think about where you're putting those photos and what's in them. So you don't want just the happy snap where the teenage kid has photo-bombed it. You want to actually spend some time and set those photos up really nicely and make sure they're good quality. So when you're putting them on your website, you're going to have to reduce the file size. But if the quality is not there to begin with, once you reduce it, it's just going to be worse. Mm. Whereas when you're putting them on Facebook and Instagram, you can put them up high-res, full quality, full size. So that really can portray a really crisp, beautiful image of the product that you're trying to sell.
0: Mm, fantastic. So we've got images and good quality images for sure on our website. What, any other things that we need to be mindful of when we're creating our website?
1: Yeah, definitely. So think about contact details and fine numbers. So if it's difficult for the customer to find your phone number, they won't bother. If they can't contact you, there's nothing worse than going to some of these big corporate sites and having to wade through five and six pages before you can find a contact number. So as a small business, you want people to be able to contact you very easily. Mm. So always have your contact details on the header which will then make sure it's on every page. Another thing to think about is the actual language that you're using, the text. If your product is quite a detailed product, um, but your customers are not academics, so it might be, say, something for a farming industry, so it has a lot of jargon and a fair bit of detail, Mm -hmm. but some of your customers may be new to farming, they may be new to that product, so think about the words that they would be looking for the questions they would be asking so not just necessary the the technical product name but what it's actually going to do and who it's going to serve and weave that message into your text as well
0: are there any other things when we're still talking about experience that we should be doing on our websites like sometimes they talk about layouts you know you try to keep the most relevant things the top third of the page so in other words that people don't have to scroll down so much are there any considerations that have changed recently too that we need to be aware of
1: not overly um, yeah, definitely the the top third. So that comes way back from newspaper days mm. when they used to fold the newspapers over so you would see that that top section. Yes. So that's really yeah. important with websites, particularly when people are looking them at, on iPhones because they just see that top section first off. So the, the main thing is to keep it clear and concise, not too many colours, not too many fonts. So I have one main heading addressing the problems or the product that you've got on that page and not too many different messages on each page, except for the homepage, of course. The homepage will have a a basically a snapshot of what you're selling and where you're selling it Mm. from what location, that kind of thing. But your other pages need to be one idea, one per page. So that first, third needs to be the heading, have I come to the right place? Is that what I'm looking for? And then a little bit of text to entice them to read further, look at the pictures, um, that sort of thing. Mm. So having one nice image above that third is great, but not only image. Um, it's been very common practice at the moment to have great, big, images that takes up that whole third. If people aren't picking up the message out of that image straight away, there's no text to help them there. So they won't scroll down. Hmm.
0: That's interesting. That's right. Because, yeah, again, everyone's perception can be different. And if that image doesn't completely capture and convey that the message that you want, people could assume assume things. So all very great tips and insights you've shared there. Let's talk a little bit about getting found on Google with tips that you can do yourself. Because I know that uh, typically SEO, if we're going to invest in that through a professional service provider, can get quite expensive can't it
1: yes search engine optimization is very expensive it's definitely a necessary evil and we do need to do it but there's lots of ways that you can make sure that your pages and website can be found. Now, if you're in a really highly competitive niche, so if you're in something where there's a lot of people in your area, then you're probably still going to need to invest in your SEO. But things that you can do is make sure that you only have one heading per page. Mm -hmm. So that's your main heading. You can have subsidiary smaller headings, but you can only have one what's called an H1 heading. So that's your main big one. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a common mistake I see. Um, Making sure that that page talks about the key phrase that you're actually searching for. So if you're talking about a dog kennel, for instance, and you're talking about doggy daycare, that page needs to all be about doggy daycare. So you wouldn't then be talking about long stays or other information on that page because that's going to get confusing. So just look at the way your content is actually structured. Think of things to do off your page as well. So your email address, make sure you're actually using your domain name in your email address and you're not using a Hotmail or a Gmail or a service provider one because every time you send out your email, if you're using your own domain, that's a little advert for you. If you're using one of the others, that's an advert for them. So think about that kind of thing. Mm. Think about your business cards. Does your business cards have your website address on it and your email address on it, which has your domain on it? So when you're talking to people in person, are you giving that information? If you've got handouts and leaflets that you regularly give to customers, then you can link it back to a PDF on your website and Maybe give them an actual physical one while you're there, but also tell them that they can get it from the website. Or if you're sending it as an email, then instead of attaching it where it's going to be big and cumbersome for them, give them a little preview and then a click link so Mm. that that goes back to your website. So all of that's going to drive traffic to your website, which is going to help Google which is going to help your rankings. Because one of the things that you
0: say, and I think this is so important, is that our website needs to provide real value to our customers, you know, and not just be a sales brochure, or glorified sales brochure. Gone are the days where you just have basic details, um, contact details, and then hope that your ideal client is going to ring you because of the fact that there is so much clutter online that, and if they can't find a response or an answer to a solution valuable information on our website they're just going to keep searching aren't they till they find what they need and then that then opens up the opportunity for them to have a conversation with that website owner who's provided that value is that's what you're saying
1: yes absolutely and the downside of that is that if you get a lot of people that are putting in the same search and going to your website and then not staying there very long or bouncing out very quickly then Google also takes that as a signal that that request, that search question hasn't been answered by your website. So therefore, the next time that they get that question, they're less likely to send that person to your website. And unfortunately, it's not a group of people in a room going, okay, Anne-Marie, for that question, we'll send them to your website because you're talking about, all the things to do with podcasting. Mm-hmm. They're just going to look at the results. It's a computer program that will look at the results and go, we put in podcasting, went to Anne Marie's website and they stayed there for a long time. Terrific. Mm-hmm. They, they got a good result or they didn't stay there and they bounced straight out. So that's not a good result. So therefore we need to send them somewhere else. So it, you've got the two things. You've got adding the value so that the person, the customer can find you quickly, but also telling Google, that where they're sending you is a good result for their business as well.
0: Yeah, amazing. And so, you know, I often hear things where, oh, Google's changed their algorithm or, you know, something again and we need to, to be mindful of that. Otherwise, similarly to the example that you gave previously a few years ago, people were doing that and, and it was kind of okay. Now it's going to be, you, you will be really severely penalised. How do we keep up other than going to experts like you? of obviously are there resources or things that we need to be mindful of to, to just to continue to ensure that we always remain
1: relevant when it comes to knowing what Google is doing? The most relevant thing is just do the right thing Yes yeah. give the best experience to your customer and at the end of the day that's all Google wants is because mm. they're a business as well. so they want to make sure that people continue to use Google as a search engine. And they want to make sure that people still look at the ads that are on Google because, of course, that's where they get their revenue. So if they're not searching, then those ads can't be shown. So therefore, Google's not going to be able to make any money. So that's the first thing. The second thing is there are lots of free resources um, through Google itself. So if you're managing your own website, make sure you have Google Analytics and Google Webmaster Tools. Both are free. If you just Google them, you'll get the links for those. And you can add those to um, your website. It's just a a tiny um, little bit of code and there's step-by-step on how to do it. So don't be scared about that. Or you can, of course, get help from Google. You can Mm -hmm. actually ring Google and talk to them. Takes a little while oh, and sometimes they don't bring you back quite so quickly. <laughs> but, um, that is actually available, which is pretty cool. So yeah, it's not as scary as it sounds. And that's probably two of the best ways, particularly with your webmaster tools, because Google will actually suggest you do things if they um, have crawled your site. So mm. sent a little program to check um, your site and they've found some problems with it. Yeah. So if you're running yeah. your sites yourself, must is Google Analytics and Webmaster Tools.
0: So how can we find out more about uh, the services that you offer and get in contact with you, Kathy?
1: Okay, so my business is Catco Enterprises and um, our website is catco, C-A-T-C-O-N-T, Um That's probably the easiest way to get in contact with me. I'm of course on social media as well so Catco Enterprises on Facebook and Instagram the website's definitely the easiest the way. way or if you want to go old school and do the uh, old landline trick mm-hmm. it's um 089797089
0: fantastic look thank you so much for coming on the show Kathy I know this is an area where many people get confused to keep up to date with what's going on and you've certainly been able to share it in a way that we really can start to look at and apply in our business in a very um, logical and a very well way so thank you so much for coming on the
1: show thank you for having me Anne-Marie
0: well, that brings us to the end of another show. Please reach out and connect with Kathy, As you can tell, she's a wealth of knowledge in this area. And if we want to be found online by our ideal clients, we really do need to be aware of these things and have them implemented in our business. We certainly don't want to be on the wrong side of Google. As we know, is probably one of the largest search engines and where a lot of our ideal customers are searching for. Now, to find out more about business Women Australia and how you can become part of this dynamic collectors of leaders and learners So you can gain the knowledge and skills that will enable you to succeed in business. All you need to do is go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au. Hi, it's Anne Marie. Have you enjoyed listening to the show and have thought about creating your own podcast so you too can become an influential voice in your industry? But you just don't know where to start. I've created a special gift just for you. It's my free mini training, Podcasting with Purpose, where you'll learn what you need to do to stand out, be heard, and influence your audience from your very first podcast. I'm also giving you my step-by-step podcast production workflow checklist, including the tools I use, as well as a checklist of no-cost and low-cost tools to get you started. To access, go to annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. That's annemariecross.com forward slash mini training.